0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Something Real. On today's Something to Talk About, we are continuing in Luke chapter 6. And in this portion, it's all about how Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, which means Jesus is in charge of the Sabbath. So when the Pharisees start to question him and his disciples on, you know, some of the things they're doing, Jesus answers with authority. Only authority that he has. So we're discussing that a bit more today. Let's get into it.
1: Anyway, Stacy, as we're talking about this uh, in luke chapter six we we last time went through the end of luke five verses 33 to 39 and we were looking at this uh, i think we called it a thought bridge or a connector Mm -hmm. from um, what jesus had been doing in in those three healings going into what he's doing now we're going to be looking at some actions that jesus takes on the sabbath day and uh, gets the leaders of the time kind of fired up but um, in the middle of that looking at last week He kind of brought out this idea of new wine and old wineskins and how the old framework doesn't fit for what God's really actually doing. And the Pharisees kind of missed the point then. It seems like they're kind of missing the point today, too.
0: They seem very good at missing the point.
1: (laughs) They're a lot like us, I think.
0: (laughs) But they're more focused on, you know, like we were talking about earlier, off the air. Um, The letter of the law. You know, this is what you're supposed to do. Right. So... They're freaking out when they see him, and they're almost trying to catch him uh, uh, doing things that aren't you know exactly how it, what, it, what it says.
1: Yeah, it seems like that when they start out in um, the first couple of verses of chapter six, when Luke writes, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain field, to, through the grain fields and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels, uh, which was perfectly legal. Um, It wasn't like they were stealing. That wasn't the issue that was provided for in the law. But they saw them rubbing their hands together and eating the kernels. So some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Because that rubbing their hands together to to get the kernels of grain out of the heads, that was somehow laborious and enough to to justify a Sabbath breaking. Um, And I, I almost feel like Jesus is, you know, like kind of snickering at him. I, you know, you, you're, you, you, I don't know if you guys can see Stacy through the podcast no. as you're listening. I do say see the, you later. But there is day a day. grin going on throughout <laughs> this, and and I wonder if Jesus didn't kind of have that same kind of feeling as he's answering him and says, "Have you never read what David did uh, when he and his companions were hungry?" And so he expands it. He goes past the Sabbath. Now, right. Goes back to the Old Testament story. And uh, David and his companions are hungry, and they went into the house of God and took the consecrated bread, the showbread, um, and that was only legal for um, for the priest to eat, not for anybody else. But they went in. David took it, ate it, and not only David, who was the king—maybe you write that off because he's the king—but he also gave some to his companions. So Jesus said to them, you know, said to them at the time, as if to say. Don't be confused. Right. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, elsewhere he says the, the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That's the point. Is This isn't about the rule keeping. God provides the Sabbath for us to instruct us, to recharge us, to refocus us on him. And if we get focused on all the little rules and miss out on the point that this is about acknowledging God and owning our dependence on Him, then why are we keeping the Sabbath anyway? Because we're not really honoring Him with it.
0: Right. So it's not so much... I mean, the rules are there for a reason. For
1: sure. The rules matter.
0: But it's it's more about just keeping up appearances and following all those rules to a T. If you don't feel that and you don't acknowledge it in your heart and you're not really... You know, it's like you're talking about earlier with a, a kid going to, or, or someone in high school who doesn't go to these rager parties and doesn't right. drink and doesn't do whatever, but they have rebellion in their heart and feel the same things. It's the same thing, yeah. you know, it's, right. and that's kind of what, to me, even this stupid grain thing, like I'd be right. walking through a if you're walking through a field and you pick something and you eat it, that's not work
1: right. yeah.
0: for anybody. And so it seems like more work to me, and like you said earlier, it, who would notice that? Right. If you're walking, if you're not through. looking for it, right. you're looking so it for something. To me, like the Pharisees are doing more work by trying to keep an eye out right. yeah, for yeah. What, what these guys are doing wrong. Yeah,
1: they're putting a lot of effort into this. Right, and that's the concern. So you're, check you're yourself. Putting out effort <laughs> exerting yourself on the Sabbath. Um, it's a whole lot less stress for us to do what we're doing than it is for you to be, you know, sneaking around. It's trying almost to catch
0: comical. Us. And I'm sure it, it is for Jesus.
1: That's why I say I, I wonder if he was kind of snickering as he says this because he gets it i mean that's the thing jesus is the most profoundly mature individual ever he sees the whole picture he's got the whole perspective and and so the stability and and all the hallmarks of maturity are manifest in jesus in a way that nobody else ever could and for him to see these you know tattletales out here (laughs) running around i saw what you did i saw what you did you know it had to almost be comical to them right. if it weren't so horribly tragic. And so, you know, for them to be doing that, they're they're worried about whether these people are breaking the Sabbath law with their hands and rubbing mm-hmm. the grain together, or rubbing the heads together. But the whole time, they're already breaking the Sabbath law in their hearts. Their, right. their intent is to do harm. Their intent is malicious. They don't have any... Um, you know any thought toward it hey you know what let's just relax and enjoy god let's let's focus on the good things of the kingdom and boy i sound kind of like a hippie as i'm saying this guy kind of, let's just all yeah, be man. get along and be happy but you know but their intent is 100 percent to stop these guys right. to 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 go after from them and to find doing something wrong, nothing from doing nothing <laughs> so you're looking for something to get wrong and Know, because we do love the pop culture references in here if anybody has ever seen Ooh. phineas and ferb it's kind of like their sister candace trying to bust them all the time they're not doing anything they're doing their wild adventures and and you know building space stations in the backyard or whatever no, and, can. and candace is always trying to bust them and it never works out because she's out of control looking for a way to go and get them the pharisees are a little like that so <laughs> the pharisees are like candace and jesus disciples are like phineas and ferb one of the great cartoons ever but,
0: I'm, you know what? I've never seen Phineas. Oh before. my goodness
1: gracious!
0: <laughs> oh. It was like in between my you, you, my age. Yeah, you're gonna have to get there. educated on know. this. This is good stuff. But and it's just kind of annoying. To me. <laughs> I mean, I feel like sure. I'm at a loss for words because it's kind of annoying to me how. But at the same time, I feel we still do that today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not with Jesus, obviously, but with other. "Quote unquote Christians." We do
1: for sure, and with non Christians. I mean, we, right. we we are regularly comparing. We're looking other people. for,
0: and we're looking for them to slip up.
1: And even when we think we're looking for positive things, very right. often we're looking for negative. As long as you match up with me, you know, I'm looking for somebody that looks like me, that acts like me, that thinks like me, that does those kinds of things. And, and um, I've expressed to you and, and to others, uh, probably not on this podcast, but uh, I get very fed up sometimes with people that hold to my. Doctrine. Doctrinal beliefs, uh, and and want to go banging the drum of how everybody else is a heretic. Right. I'm like, wait a minute, that now we're just becoming like Pharisees, and you know, coming from a um, a background that focuses heavily on on God's sovereignty, uh, I can identify very well with with some of the fantastic teachings coming out from from the new young reformers. The you know the the young bearded fellows who, who like to talk about theology and that's great uh you know a lot of times they're doing that it's while they're, drink- fuel, huh? they're, they're they're doing a lot of that while they're drinking beer and that's not really my scene but you know as they're going about this we want to spend a lot of time talking about the great doctrines that we have and then bashing Joel Osteen as some terrible heretic uh, because he might say something we would disagree with and there are times that, you know, you hear some of those things like, yeah, that that maybe that's wrong, you know, maybe we need to get that right. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't, I'm not saying this as a criticism of Osteen, because I don't really listen to his stuff a lot, or, or read a ton of his stuff, um, but they're are there things that I would disagree with them on? I'm sure there are. There are things I disagree with a lot of people on.
0: I'm never going to agree with somebody 100%. But the 100%. point
1: of it is when we start looking for those things, then we go crazy looking. We go on these witch hunts trying to find what everybody's doing wrong. The Pharisees are doing that here. You know. I, do you
0: think it's because they're scared?
1: Oh, maybe. I think James McDonald would say that's at the <laughs> root of everything. Somewhere underneath all of our sin is a fear and a hurt. Well,
0: because I feel like we do that with other people to m- make ourselves feel better to make ourselves feel yeah. a little bit higher. Yeah,
1: I remember hearing that from youth pastors when I was in junior <laughs> high. You know, you put down people to make yourself bigger. Oh, yeah. And I, 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 I don't campy, doubt that. But... I, I, don't, I don't doubt that that's true to a certain extent. Um, I think a big part of it is what Jesus said at the end of Luke 5, that we get used to a particular vintage of wine, yeah. then something new comes along and we can't handle it no I'm not going to address that I'm not going to embrace that I'm not going to go with that Uh, we get our old wineskins these rigid pictures of what it should look like and for a long time evangelicalism believed that the utopian picture of the church is 1958 you know if we all you know had poodle skirts and, and you know lived in this way and sang these hymns then Everybody would be better, and America was great. And now, you know, if we can just get to look like that, we can make America great again. Uh, but that's not ever been the reality. There have right. been flaws always, and
0: look at Greece.
1: And, and we need to be in a in a a place where what matters to us is what God is really doing, not the framework or or the uh, preconceived ideas that that we have. Uh, but let's get in look at the word and embrace it now if the pharisees and the teachers of the law had been able to set aside their pride long enough to listen to what jesus had said and say you know what we got some things to learn maybe maybe he's right maybe we missed the boat on this and in john chapter three we see that uh, with nicodemus who is a pharisee he's one of these guys he's been keeping all these detailed laws that were added later on after the old testament and the the intertestamental period and the rabbis brought in all these additional teachings and the the pharisees are adding layer upon layer to to revive uh Israel and to uh to bring people to a state of holiness but it just became ritualistic legalism all right so in john 3 um He's speaking to to Nicodemus, this Pharisee who uh, meets with him at night. Interestingly, probably afraid of what anybody else might think, but he's wrestling with it, and he he must eventually get it. But he's at least having the conversation. Jesus talks to him then about being born again. Forget about all this other stuff. None of this matters. You got all that. I'm not even. Jesus doesn't even spend time on it. He just says, "You got to be born again." God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. And if you will believe, then you'll be saved. You don't have to perish. And Nicodemus struggled with it, but he kept the conversation going. So then Jesus was able to clarify for him.
0: And it's not that we're not supposed to struggle with it.
1: No, that's right. And and in fact, the name Israel means wrestled with God. So he, he blessed Jacob, who was a deceiver, when he wrestled with God. He wants us to wrestle with him. And Nicodemus shows up at the end of Jesus' life, uh, earthly, uh, physical life, uh, with Joseph of Arimathea, you've got a rich man and a Pharisee taking the body of Jesus. That's interesting. So clearly now he's not worried about what anybody thinks. Somewhere along the way, he got it. Mm-hmm. These guys don't, and maybe some of them will at some point, but in all likelihood, everybody that's included here stays included here. Um, and and the the new wine that jesus is pouring out is just going to shatter their their old wine bottles it's going to destroy all of that um and they think that they're going to put an end to it not so much because that's why we're still here today and Um, the the power of the power of being able to see the reality which is i think one of the big keys to to spiritual maturity and why it's such a picture of what jesus does the power of being able to see the reality is it gives life and breath and and meaning to all of the ritual um and then the ritual becomes something without that all the ritual in the world just becomes an idol i, I was at a a funeral recently uh where we were going through a, a a particular liturgy and i just felt and I, and this isn't for everybody for sure But i just could feel from a number of the people including the officiant of the funeral um, as if you're going through the motions you're you're reading the words you're making the gestures you're doing all the things but the heart's not engaged
0: that was yeah that was one thing i struggled with i went to a catholic college and i was in the choir so we went to a lot of masses and every single mass is exactly the same, you know, and, and it's almost, it was almost numbing to me, just the call and response. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing and that's good for some people. And I don't obviously know anybody's heart, but it was very, you'd look at people and they they would just be blank.
1: Yeah. If you lose the heart, then all the ritual is, becomes meaningless. I was at a, a, you know, I I coached at a Lutheran school for a number of years and uh, as I was, interacting with them became exposed to the it was a Wisconsin uh, Synod Church uh, school and uh, as I was exposed to them I got to see more liturgical things than I was personally used to and I was astonished at the passion that mm-hmm. that some of them had uh, the principal of the school and uh, the guidance counselor just a, a passionate heart for revival one of our local pastors at a Missouri Synod Church and uh, For anybody who doesn't know this uh this podcast is part of real life community church which is a non-denominational church um and not from a liturgical um, mainline type of background at all but we have a a local church here with a a, a Missouri Synod Lutheran Church and the the pastor there just has such a passion for the gospel and and so it gives life to all of the same rituals Mm -hmm. But if you have yeah, the ritual the and you don't have that that Without engagement the passion, with the right. Spirit of God, then the emptiness of it is very much what Jesus is talking right, about. Right, the ritual
0: here. itself isn't necessarily bad.
1: Right, that's that's exactly right. So the Sabbath isn't bad right. here. The keeping of the law. Um, I think before we got on air, I don't think we were on air as a kind of radio. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we started recording, uh, we were talking about Matthew 5.18. I don't think we talked about it in the podcast. But uh, what Jesus talked about the fact that that not one part of the law is going to pass away until everything is fulfilled and accomplished. Jesus isn't saying the law is bad. The Apostle Paul doesn't say the law is bad. The law had its purpose, and its purpose was to point us to Christ, to move us to this place where we could receive the gospel. But the gospel's always been the point. It's always been God doing what God was doing to redeem his people, not his people working to try to get to God. And the Pharisees have lost sight of that. Jesus is restoring that, both in this grain scenario and right after that as he heals a man on the Sabbath and they um, condemn him for that. Maybe condemn is a strong word here. They criticize him for that.
0: I think about what they're going to do to him.
1: <laughs> Eventually, they'll condemn him, right? And so uh, here, they're you know they're they're saying, well, this is unlawful. It's terrible." So they're they're trying to confront him here with the grain thing. They get showed up. Uh, then in the second scenario, they're talking amongst themselves because I guess you don't want to confront Jesus. It doesn't go well. Uh, But he knows what they're saying. So he says, "Uh, really, what's what's going on? Which one of these is more lawful, to do good and to heal, or to do evil and to do harm, uh, to save life or destroy it? And um, so he looks around at them. So, you know, I'm feeling this. One translation says he looked at them one by one. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that that's a a, a very literal translation, but as he looks around at each of them in the room it's as if he's making eye contact with them say right. i want you to see this i want you to watch this happen and he heals the man by simply just saying stretch out your hand right. he doesn't do any work no
0: not even, he doesn't even touch him
1: right so he, he doesn't do anything that's a violation of the sabbath right they want to accuse him of that right he doesn't do anything that breaks the law he speaks he just <laughs> speaks because he's jesus uh in another recording in another gospel it talks about well what if you had a an animal that would fall into the well, you're going to let it just sit there and die? No, of course you're not. You're going to get it out of the well because that's what you do, and it would be wrong. It would be dishonoring God to dishonoring God to use the Sabbath as an excuse to let your animal die in the well. That's foolishness. He says the same thing to them in another place about, um, you know, you, you're tithing on your spices. You're so meticulous about the law, and yet you're cheating your parents. You know that that's not right. You've totally dis you know, just disregarded everything about the spirit of the law while you focus on the tiniest letter and you 've missed it completely missed the point you have all of the ritual and none of the reality you 've got the form you don't have the function, and so they need to to get to a place where instead of just seeing and this I think is what Jesus is doing in in them and in us is getting to a place where it's not just. Here's what we've been told, and from this rote action, we're just going to go through and check all the boxes. Right. We need to have a, a perpetual prioritizing of our purposes as we're going through this to, to look at not being performance-oriented, not getting stuck in, in, in just the doing, but why? Why are we doing this? And as a parent, I guess I get this maybe better than I did when I was younger, I want my children to obey me. And they're going to obey me. By hook or by crook, it's going to happen. Because dad wins. And so when I say take out the trash, you're going to take out the trash.
0: I I picked up your daughter today and and I said, what have you been doing today? And she was, my dad left me a list of chores, so I did all those. (laughs) I said, well, good, I'm glad you did it. There you go.
1: (laughs) And I want them to obey, and it's my responsibility to cause them to obey in whatever means necessary. However... What I really want is for them to obey from their heart because right. they want to, because our relationship motivates that. Now, that takes growth and time, and we have to use discipline to get to that place. But God doesn't want me to obey him grudgingly, to have right. this obligation. Well, it's Sunday, I guess. We have to go to church. Right. You know, That's the opposite of what. Exactly the opposite. And that's what Jesus is saying here about the Sabbath. What? Really? You think the Sabbath is something to worship? We're not here to worship the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a tool to worship the Lord. Right. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm telling you. Worship I the created Lord, not the it. law. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point.
0: Well, then well, I'm there. That was a good point because I don't. I'd hardly ever make those. So we'll stop there <laughs> before I say something else. Thank you guys for joining us today, and we'll catch you later.